Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Hi there. I wanted to give a quick disclaimer before we start our episode. My audio is a little off for this one, so if you're new here, it's not how I normally sound. I normally don't sound like I recorded from the inside of a tin can. So apologies in advance, and we hope you come back for more. Thank you so much. Enjoy the murder. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Sadie Eck. And I'm Courtney Eck. And I'm uh, bringing you, this is coming to you, yeah, from COVID town. COVID town, Sadie's in it. She's USA. in town. Yep. yep, finally arrived there after two year long journey. Yep, being like as careful as you can be and it got me. It did. It got but- my husband first and now I got it, but I uh, honestly just feel like I have intense allergies <laughs> if, yeah. if even that <laughs> yeah that's exactly how i felt i pelotoned when i had it so yeah vaccines work you know we know that we like them yes Get them. boost yourself that's yeah. i read there's some like only 25 percent of people eligible for boosters have gotten them like go get your fucking booster guys yeah yeah Anyway. Yeah, just and get some snacks and like movies because it did take me down a little bit. So mm-hmm. it's a good chance it'll take you down a little bit. But just make it a little bed day. Tylenol mm-hmm. makes you feel so much better, and then you won't die of COVID or get seriously ill. That's right. Yep. So uh, keep my little four-year-old in your thoughts for me. He so far is fine. I hope it stays that way. But he's the only thing I worry about because all the yep. rest of us are vaccinated. And fine. Yeah. So tell me you're good. Like, oh, my kid sneezed twice and that was his extent of non-vaccinated child COVID because all you hear is the scary stories. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sand are the good ones. Sand them to her. Sand them to me. Um, in the meantime, do you want to hear about some murder? Yes. Always. This is the chilling, truly chilling murder of Peter Porco. Mm. So in 2004, 52-year-old Peter Porco lived with his wife, Joan, and two sons in Delmar, New York. Well, his two sons didn't live with him anymore, but they were raised in Delmar, New York. And he held a prestigious position as a clerk for an appeals judge at the Supreme Court of New York State. On November 16, 2004, Peter failed to show up for work, which was highly unusual for the well-respected clerk. So a court officer went to his home to do a wellness check and it was instantly obvious that something was terribly wrong. There was a key left in the deadbolt lock on the exterior of the front door, and the door was ajar. He also noticed some drops of blood on the exterior steps. He entered the home and found that there was blood absolutely everywhere, and Peter Porco's body was laying down in the hall near the entryway. It appeared that Peter had been bludgeoned to death, and there was blood all throughout the main floor of the home. Oh. Yeah. 
The officer continued upstairs and found Peter's wife, Joan, in a blood-soaked bed with massive injuries to her head. Miraculously, Joan had survived her injuries but was just barely alive. Wow. Her injuries were so severe, paramedics could actually see her brain as they worked oh, to save no. her life and couldn't figure out where her mouth was to administer oxygen. I'm sorry. Yes. It was That's bad. not possible. She was still alive. Oh, my God. There was a three-foot fireman's axe in the bed next uh, to her. Uh, mm -mm. I mean, name something more chilling than Nothing. an axe attack. No. Axe attack. It's heinous as hell. Investigators determined that Joan had been struck three times in the head with the axe while she was sleeping in bed. Peter Porco had been struck 16 times in the head while he was also in the bed. Wow. Investigators found this odd because Peter's body had been downstairs when the officer arrived, and there was a significant amount of blood downstairs as well. They were able to figure out why exactly that was, and what they learned is one of the most chilling things I've heard in the history of my love for true crime. Are you ready? I don't know. Authorities figured out that sometime after the attack, Peter actually woke up, mm -mm. got out of bed, mm -mm. And in a state of shock, started his day just like it was oh any God. other day on total autopilot. Oh, my God. He pulled some clothes on over his very badly injured head. Oh. Went downstairs, made breakfast, uh -uh. and went out to get the morning paper. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. While he was out getting the paper, the door locked behind him, so he used the key the family kept oh hidden in the flower box to get back in. Once he was back in the house, he lost so much blood, he finally succumbed to his injuries and died. Wow. 17 times? 16 times. He's axed in the head. Survived oh long enough. My God. Yeah. If that will not keep you up at night, I don't know what will. A, how miraculous the oh fucking human brain is. B, how terrifying the human brain is. C, if you are a neighbor and you look I out know. the fucking window. Uh-uh. Uh, uh, like, thank God nobody looked out their window and saw their... Seriously. The neocortex of Peter's brain, which controls, quote, thought, language, and reasoning, was very badly damaged in the attack, but his paleocortex, which is protected under the neocortex, was fully intact, and that part of the brain controls, quote, primal instincts and second nature habits. So his brain automatically knew what his body did every day and got up and did it. <laughs> That's so crazy. That freaks me out on so many levels. Like, there's just... Yes. Pull back one level of why that freaks me out, and then something else is under there. Like, uh -uh. this is also crazy. Yes. Officers determined that nothing of value seemed to have been taken from the home, and the fact that Peter had been struck with the axe so many times led police to believe that the attack was targeted and Peter was the main target. That also led them to believe that the killer likely knew the couple. So while Joan was being rushed to the hospital, she was conscious enough that a police officer was able to communicate with her. She was able to shake her head yes and no, 
and when they asked her if she knew who attacked her, she shook her head yes and was able to indicate that it was a family member who had carried out the attack. The Porcos had two sons. The first was 23-year-old Jonathan, who was a lieutenant in the Navy and had been on a nuclear submarine when the attack took place. Pretty fucking solid alibi. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't get much more solid. No. Their other son was 21-year-old Christopher, who was a student at the University of Rochester, which was about three hours from where the Porcos were attacked. The officer asked if it had been her son Jonathan, and she shook her head no, but when asked if it had been her son Christopher, she indicated yes. Police looked into both sons and learned that both of them had alibis for the night the couple was attacked, and Christopher, who Joan had indicated had carried out the attack, was very cooperative with police, let them take a DNA sample, and let them examine his body for any signs that he had been involved in a struggle, which it didn't look like he had. Police wondered why Joan would have said her son was responsible for the crime if he wasn't, but weren't able to confirm that he had anything to do with it upon their initial investigation. Then, three weeks later, despite all odds of her surviving, Joan Porco regained consciousness. (laughs) These people are made of magic and steel and like I, like i want to know what multivitamin they seriously. took seriously because i've never heard anything like that no in my life she I also looked her mouth like she looks incredible good you can look at photos of her she looks incredible she, she wins like, that's yes. amazing yeah once she was fully conscious police questioned her again and she retracted her claim that it had been her son who had attacked her and she urged authorities to leave him alone she also made a public statement in full support of her son and said that he was being seriously traumatized by the public attention put on him by the investigation. Quote, Incredibly, the police have told the media that Christopher and his father had a difficult relationship and that he therefore had a motive to kill him. Although dozens of family members, friends, and neighbors have told police that these statements are lies, the Bethlehem police continue to spread vicious rumors about Christopher and our family. She said, quote, I am positive that my son was in no way involved. So dealing with a victim, an eyewitness victim with a brain injury has got to be a very tricky little dance to dance. Yes. So police also searched Christopher's Jeep and found absolutely nothing in there, including blood or blood transfer, to indicate he'd committed the murder. They also couldn't find any evidence that he'd been on the highway between his home in Rochester and his parents' home in Bethlehem. He had an easy pass responder in his Jeep for the tolls, and there was no record of it passing through that stretch of highway that night. Police also couldn't find any fingerprints or blood on the axe that didn't belong to either Peter or Joan. (laughs) And everybody knows what an easy, easy pass responder is, right? But... Basically, it's a little box that you put in your windshield, and when you go through the toll, it's just like an automatic way to pay for the toll, so you don't have to stop. So with Joan's new insistence that Christopher was absolutely not her attacker, and no evidence to point in his direction, police moved on and looked into Peter's career at the Supreme Court to see if anything stood out. And something did. They learned that he had once received a death threat after a man lost custody of his children, and vowed revenge on the judge involved in the court case, as well as Peter. He said he was going to get a gun and kill them both. That man, however, 
had a solid alibi for the night of the murder, so he was ruled out pretty quickly. I imagine if you are a police officer investigating the murder of a lawyer or a court clerk, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, where do I start? <laughs> any evidence of anyone who might have wanted to harm the person? Just everyone. Whoosh, like a scroll, like a cartoon scroll. Totally. <laughs> Sometime later, an anonymous letter was sent to the local newspaper, and the writer claimed to be Peter Porco's murderer. Quote, Peter Porco was not even a challenge. Once I got inside, I repeatedly hit him in the head and neck with a small axe I brought with me. I ignored all of his pleading screams. Also, I beat Joan Porco, but unfortunately, she survived. The person who wrote the letter said they'd also committed another local murder and claimed that they planned to kill again. Quote, if you ever want to find me, you might want to stop going after easy suspects. Show me some respect I deserve. And they signed off, quote, catch me if you can. Ugh. You know. So yeah. dumb. Scare. Okay. I <laughs> <laughs> just... If, yeah. you're, if you're fake, you're dumb. If you're real, you're, you're just dumb. And then he put a clip art of a, a guy in a black trench coat from microsoft <laughs> word totally. at the bottom <laughs> he didn't really but he should have there were no fingerprints on the letter and police went into high gear to try to figure out who wrote it concerned that there could be a serial killer on the loose it's one thing to have a home invasion shooting or crime of passion in a small town but axe murderers are next level and gave police serious cause for concern They also looked deeper into the potential motive for the attacks to see if they could rule out a potential serial killer. While they were digging, they learned that Peter had a relative named Frank Porco, who worked in organized crime and had a criminal record. Frank was also known as Frankie the Fireman Porco and was serving time for loan sharking, and there were rumors that he would provide police information about the attacks in exchange for a lighter sentence. The killing was similar to a mob-style signature killing, and the theory was that the killer used a fireman's axe because they were retaliating for Frank the fireman potentially snitching on someone. Uh Uh-oh. So police looked into Frankie further, and their excitement over the potential mob hit started to dwindle because they learned that he was in prison because he wasn't a snitch. (laughs) And had turned down multiple offers to cooperate with authorities to avoid prison time in the past. Oh, man. So that lead fizzled out and died. Jeez. Yeah. Police then learned that the Porcos held life insurance policies totaling $1.1 million. Oh, boy. And the spotlight swung back around to young Christopher. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they also learned that he'd been asking for investment advice from a financial counselor before his parents Uh, were attacked. uh, Wait a minute, Chris. You don't have to build your portfolio in advance, you dumbass. He specifically told the counselor that he would be inheriting millions of dollars from a relative and asked the person to write up a portfolio for him. Then, before Peter was killed... Christopher had emailed his father and asked for all kinds of very personal financial information. Quote, Yo, Pops, if I can have yours and Mom's social security numbers and your New York State driver's license numbers, I need them for paperwork relating to financial info for next semester. Mm-mm. Hope you're having a good day. Love, Chris. Uh, no. Sure, son. 
20905. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. That sounds legitimate. Yes, of course. Yeah, I don't right? need to see any proof or documentation uh, of your financial aid statement. Because you're my son and you shouldn't be plotting to murder me. I just... Police also looked into the numbers that had been used to deactivate the alarm in the home, which had been disarmed around 2 a.m., and the person who disarmed it hadn't made any mistakes in entering the code, so the killer likely knew the family very well. Whoever had entered the numbers had then smashed the alarm panel, hoping to destroy the record of what numbers had been entered, but the code information was stored remotely by the alarm company. They also disabled the phone lines, so would have had to know where those were, too. This led investigators back to Christopher, and they took another look at his whereabouts and potential motive for the attacks. He told police that he'd been in his dorm in Rochester on the night of the murder, which was over 200 miles away from his childhood home. Police looked at security footage from his campus, as well as all of the highways and toll booths that could have been taken between Rochester and Del Mar. One thing they had on their side was that Christopher had a very distinctive car, a bright yellow Jeep, so it would have been easy to spot. <laughs> Don't take your bright yellow Jeep to the crime scene. <laughs> this guy. This guy. Side note, did you know that the average person is videotaped an average of 18 to 22 times a day? Wow. That's a lot. That's a, that is a lot. I'm so glad I work from home. I was going to say, I don't leave my house enough for that to be true for me, no. but... Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. But it makes sense. You know, yeah. most people go in the store, drive throughs, yeah. the bank. Yep. So don't commit crimes because the window to commit crimes undetected is shut. Yep. Ring cameras, you're screwed. You're screwed. So police looked at every second of every piece of footage available, and at 10.22 p.m., they saw a yellow Jeep mm-hmm. leaving the university campus. Bad news, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Good one. Really Good singer. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. The security alarm at the Porco residence was deactivated around three hours later, which coincidentally is the same amount of time that it takes to get from Rochester to the Porco's home. Mm. They also learned that the phone line to the house was cut around 4.59 a.m. And then three and a half hours later, campus cameras caught a bright yellow jeep returning to campus he didn't even stop for nothing for breakfast i know to throw him off or something no he's like i gotta get back to get to class i'll never know god they more closely analyzed the footage of the jeep and saw unique markings like a half removed parking Mm -hmm. sticker on a side window a political sticker on the back tire cover he was a george w supporter by the way and mud on the doors They compared those findings to the photos that police took of the Jeep on the day of the murder. And guess what? It didn't match. Totally matched. 100% matched. (laughs) Of course it does. Definitely his Jeep. Unfortunately, though, they couldn't get a clear shot of exactly who was driving the Jeep. Christopher would have had ample time to drive to Del Mar, commit the crime, and drive back to campus as long as he took the throughway but they couldn't find any record of him on that stretch of highway from the toll records. They looked over the photos of the Jeep from the morning of the attack and saw that his easy pass transmitter was actually on the floor of the Jeep, so wouldn't have registered as he drove through the tolls. Mm-hmm. They wondered then if he could have paid cash at the tolls to avoid his transmitter registering, 
so questioned the toll booth operators and one woman remembered a yellow jeep driving through her toll right before she got off of work around 11 p.m God, that's a memory here's here's the thing that i'm wondering do people just actually so i i heard an analogy about if you have add if you have a brain that works like mine does or similar to the way mine does we're like tree tree monkeys like we see we look out and we see the big picture and people who don't have a neuro you know have neurotypical brains are like ground monkeys so they're on the ground like you know focused and collecting all the items that are required to survive right so i'm wondering if are there some of you out there who can remember something like that you know who have that detailed of a memory that you can you know, I couldn't do no, it. No, I don't positive. I couldn't either. Positive. But no. clearly people do all the time because we bring them up in true crime cases all the time. Seriously. No, I once witnessed a bicyclist get hit by a car and the car drove away. Mm. And I swear to God, as soon as it was over, the pol- then I waited and the guy was fine, got hit by a car, but I waited and I was a witness. And the police was like, okay, tell me what you saw. What color yeah. was the car? I could not remember. No, I wouldn't be able to. I was I'm like, positive. I'm so sorry. And he basically was like, you were the worst witness ever. And I was like, yep, yes, I am. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I don't remember. Like, which way did he come? I don't know. All I saw was the, the, the guy got hit and then I was freaked out i don't know yeah. i felt so bad but no don't want me ever to be an eyewitness to anything i'll be like who what where yeah. am i yeah. cars what are those yeah well laura's one of those people that'll be like you know the greenhouse that's on the west side of you know mirror road or whatever and i'm like west side <laughs> green what yes. are, no how would i know that no yeah. no my brain just goes to the store i don't know anything between here and the store uh-uh. you know it's wild yep Somebody once described my house as green, and I was like, "Wait, my house! I thought my house was brown." Or you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Now I'm trying to remember the color of your house. I have no idea. Yeah, like, know. kind of a topi. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunately, this genius toll driver who has the memory of a normal person couldn't remember any details about the driver. Oh, well, good for her for remembering the jeep, man. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So luckily, only 12 cars went through the toll stop around that time. So detectives collected all of the toll tickets that had been stamped around that time frame and sent them in for forensic testing. Not to dwell on this again, but I wonder too, there's got to be like spikes in memory toward the end of the shift. Like you're Mm -hmm. excited, you're alert, you're kind of, you know, the new phase of your night. So imagine you're pissed off when somebody comes in right at the end. But yeah, totally, totally. So scientists found skin cells on several tickets and collected those samples for further testing. You'll never guess what mitochondrial DNA testing of those skin cells revealed. Oh, really? That Christopher Porco had handed one of those toll tickets and was definitely on the thruway en route to Delmar, New York on the night his parents were attacked. That's so crazy. And you know more about DNA in efficacy of different kinds of dna yeah there's the transfer of one of those toll tickets would be very hard to fudge right because it's not from his house or something right i mean the only problem would be if they were testing the tickets alongside of dna from they didn't have any other dna from him oh wait they did have his dna right so if they were testing his dna and simultaneously yeah then there's a chance that 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 transfer could happen but if they didn't, if they kept him separate, 
then yeah. no, it's not likely. Right. You know, right. Like t- touch DNA happens in weird ways, but the but it's not that kind of a way. Not necessarily. Like I, if there's like the case of, um, like the paramedic touched something that you know, like those sort of things that can happen. But no, right. It's not likely that they would find his actual DNA. As long as, as long as it didn't get contaminated in the lab. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. So they then looked into Christopher's potential motive for the murder and learned that he had recently forged his parents' signature on a bank loan document and had taken $31,000 out of their account without their permission. No, Chris. Not looking good for you, bub. Christopher also took out a line of credit through Citibank to finance his Jeep, and authorities found an email from Peter to Christopher that said, quote, Chris, I want you to know that if you abuse my credit again, I will be forced to file forgery affidavits in order Uh-oh. to disclaim liability. You should come home so we can talk. We may be disappointed in you, but your mother and I still love you and care about your future. God, Chris... Also, what a gentle touch. If my kid fucking stole my credit and took out money from my account, I would be in person at their dorm. With the police. <laughs> that night. Yes. Yeah, right. To just send this sort of very rational, rational email. His... Didn't deserve them. That's so sad. Yeah. Also, don't steal from your father, who's essentially a fucking lawyer. Oh, uh... <laughs> See in court 100%. Right. And I will win. Yeah. God. They also learned that Christopher was failing his college courses, and Joan and Peter had sent him an email with the subject line, quote, failing grades, you did it again. Oh, no. That said, quote, you just left, and we can't believe our eyes as I look at your interim grade report. You know what they say, three strikes and you're out. Uh, Explain yourself. Oh, shit. He responded claiming the university's registrar was just reporting incorrect information and said, quote, but obviously they are incorrect. My lowest grade that I got on anything was a B on a physics test. Said every Don't... liar ever. Yeah. <laughs> this is putting the computer wrong. I got a solid 82% mom. <laughs> Don't jump to any conclusions. I'm fine. Ugh. The University of Rochester forced him to withdraw because of his poor grades, and when they readmitted him the following semester, he used the $31,000 he'd taken from his parents to cover tuition, but told them that the school was covering it because a professor had misplaced his final exam the previous semester, which caused a poor grade. (laughs) Oh, God. And, you know, as a parent, I would definitely err on the side of believing my child, for the most part, because you have to, but... If you hear hoof clops, right. <laughs> it's probably a horse, not a I zebra. I think it also depends on the kid, you know? Like, yeah. it doesn't sound like this is his first rodeo and pathologically lying. No, he definitely was a pathological liar. Yeah. So, Christopher's life was crumbling around him, and so he decided to kill his parents to collect their life insurance to pay down his debts and set himself up for any other bullshit he felt like pulling in the future. Christopher Porco was arrested, and on June 27, 2006, around a year after the attack occurred, he went on trial for the murder of his father and the attempted murder of his mother. Joan Porco stood by her son during the entire trial and was adamant that he wasn't the person who attacked her and her husband that night. His brother Jonathan testified at his trial, and while he generally seemed to support his brother, he did say their relationship had been, quote, strained recently. 
I would imagine. God. Right? No. Yeah. Christopher initially claimed that he had been sleeping in the student lounge at his fraternity when his parents were attacked, but several of his fraternity brothers testified that they were there in the lounge after 1030 that night, and none of them saw him during that time. It also came out at trial that Christopher had allegedly staged break-ins at his parents' home on two occasions, as well as at the vet clinic where he worked, and he stole electronics that he then sold on the internet. They also, because I saw read something about how at his vet clinic, he cleaned up after surgeries, so he would have known how to thoroughly clean his Jeep to rid it of any evidence, potentially. Mm -hmm. Despite Jones' claims... The evidence against Christopher was too damning, and he was found guilty and sentenced to a minimum of 50 years in prison. Wow. Joan hasn't spoken out about the incident since the trial, but as far as I can tell, remains in support of her son's innocence. In the statement she released after she regained consciousness, she did say, quote, On November 15, 2004, my world was tragically changed. The happy life that my beloved Peter and our sons, Jonathan and Christopher, had was lost forever. Jonathan was just starting his career. Christopher was early in his college life. Peter and I were contemplating our retirement and planning on being able to enjoy the rest of our lives with our many relatives and friends. On that horrible day, Peter and I were the victims of a brutal attack. Peter died from his wounds. Thanks to the wonderful doctor's numerous medical treatments and surgeries, I have survived. I continue to improve, and even though I have suffered grievous injury, both physical and emotional, I thank God for my life. And that is the wild-ass, chilling-ass story of the murder of Peter Porco. Or Peter Porco. Or everybody Seriously. god kids just do not kill your parents especially with an axe no uh, under any circumstance oh more stuff to put in the nightmare bank right also parents just don't get life insurance i know you love your children and i know you want to set them up for the future but there is always a chance that they will kill you for that money <laughs> and you should not take it it's not worth it <laughs> just, no no. You know? 75% chance you'll get killed by your child for your life insurance policy. <laughs> it's true. It's a st- true statistic. Factual. Facts. People are like, uh, what is it? 75? No. Very slim chance, but not one that you should take. <laughs> or spouse. Just don't. Life insurance yeah. policy is the number one killer of everyone in the world. Right. You know? Yes. Cancer. The, child's play compared to life insurance policies heart disease pasha it's nothing on life insurance policy murder pasha Pasha. there's a 90s term hey gen z we said that a lot in the 90s you can bring it back oh you have good one court i don't blame her for sticking by your son i just absolutely not I think I do the same thing. Like if you lost your husband and yeah, I'd be like, well, fuck it. Yeah. There's no way she remembers, you know, no. there's no way she clearly remembers. It's just for so many reasons, your brain would block that out. Yeah. No trauma, physical reasons, mental, emotional, Seriously. you know, like there's brain just no exposure. Way. No, Ugh, no God. I mean, not that she's not correct, you know, in assuming that, but the evidence certainly does not support her claims. No. And, I was very picky about 
this one in siding with the authorities. You know? <laughs> right. Because it they have been known to pigeonhole a, a relative or somebody. Right. This does not seem like it was that case. No, it really doesn't. Yeah. Wowzers. Well, good no. one. Thank you very much. Um, I think we'll keep the branter brief because yep. Sadie needs to go nine nights to put her covies I to do. tuck her covies in for the night. I do. But I want to say, maybe you're getting ready to say this too, that we did it. We did successfully complete one of our patron parties yeah! on Friday and it was so fun. It was so nice to see people's faces and their good stories and genuine interactions. And it, it's just, ugh, you guys, yeah. so amazing. And then Ryan got COVID and we had to cancel the Saturday party. Well, so, postpone. We I mean, postpone right, postpone it. it. Yes, so I'm hoping maybe in like the next week or two, Court. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Two I got my schedule's fucking clear because COVID. So. Yeah, me too. So um, let me get my family well, make sure my boys don't get sick and then we'll... We will get it back on the books, send out emails and whatnot. We cannot wait to see the rest of you and also the ones who want to come back because several people said they wanted to come back and you are so welcome to do that. That's right. So if you really want to do it, tell us what time is best for you. I think we should put a poll on Patreon and do, yeah, to see when. If there's any certain. Yeah. If afternoon, weekend afternoons are best for people, weeknights, whatever. Yeah. Because we can be flexible. Very much so. Um, I will read some names because I have some names. Do it. All right, great. We'll probably save our pa- speaking of Patreon. I think we should save those for yeah. next time. Yeah, just got quite a few, but I'm I'm tired. CD's gonna wind down, so I'm not gonna play the thing. I'll just edit in the song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can also hear it in all of its glory. Uh, I want it. The full, the full next HD. Time. And what is music in? Dolby surround sound. Yes, I did mix it to be. It's ultimate listening experience. If you for those that are who listen to us while falling asleep, get prepared. It's going to get scary in a minute. (laughs) This is what I would recommend if you want to hear have the penultimate name song experience. Rent an IMAX theater. And have them pipe this episode through the IMAX. Right, crank it. (laughs) You will not regret that. It's name time! Okay, (laughs) so I wanted to add Eric (laughs) Wyhamayer. I just... If if you all remember, Eric Wyhamayer, <laughs> there's the news broadcast where the where the broadcaster says, today on the show we have Eric Wyhamayer, who climbed Mount Everest, but he's gay. <laughs> Just like, he's gay. He's gay. I mean, he's blind. <laughs> I forgot about that. I know Eric Wyhamayer came up. <laughs> Oh, and it's just <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's gay <laughs> so funny poor woman the poor woman oh god but it's also just a fun name to say yeah go look it um, up find the video <laughs> yes uh there's a max height Ooh. h-i-t-e yeah cute it's 
So cute. There's a Steel Jagger. Yes, there That's is. That's what I should name the name song, Steel Jagger. <laughs> I just took out a drink of water and almost spit it everywhere. <laughs> it's Steel Jagger time. Steel Jagger. <laughs> I'm going to play with you guys Steel Jagger now. Uh, there's the last name Moistner. <laughs> no. But then I was like, I just spun out and was like, is there, is that a real name? Moistner? <laughs> like, like, oh, this one's Moistner than the other one. <laughs> Stop. I really, I really had to like <laughs> work it through how to process it in my mind. That's so funny. This one's pretty moist, but that one's Moistner. <laughs> my mamma's cookies are Moistner than your mamma's <laughs> Kirby pancakes. Uh, Kirby right pancakes. After, right after we had an episode talking about Kirby evil Anthony. Kirby. Ugh. Kirby Anthony. And then somebody had was scanning something and it was Kirby pancakes Fuck. that came up. I'm glad that There's Kirby's a... got, his name got reclaimed because it's too cute to be wasted yes. on that fuck face. Yeah, Kirby pancakes. If you show up at my house at 3 a.m. covered in blood, I'm letting you in. An open <laughs> invitation. Uh, there's an Elizabeth Wrigley Field, hyphenated uh, Wrigley Field. God. That's, that's I was like, oh, that's a real like Cubs fan right there. I was like, oh, no, wait, that's her last name. Unless that's her awesome. dad was so determined, her mom was so determined that they married somebody so they could complete <laughs> their dream last name. There's a street in North Carolina that looks like it's pronounced Hep Me Laud. <laughs> H e p m e l a w d. Help me, Lord. There's a famous Chicago like journalist type person named Studs Turkle. I'm sorry. Laura just dropped. Yeah, Laura just dropped that name the other day. She's like, yeah, and he said he felt like Studs Turkle. What? And I was like, wait, what? Felt like is that a condition? <laughs> like Munchausen by proxy? <laughs> like Studs Turkle? Oh, I guess. Ooh, I feel like. Oh, I it came down with Studs Turkle. Turkle. The, yeah, doc, the your... doc diagnosed me with stud exactly. circle. <laughs> how's your stun? Well, you got stud circle. <laughs> no, she just dropped it and she's like, and I was like, what? Who? She's like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I've never heard that name in no. my entire life. Who is stud circle? Famous Chicago journalist. Oh, crazy. Or like guy on the street. I don't like interviewed fucking everybody apparently. So huh. I don't know if that's a very regional thing, but I think cool. it might be. I'm into it. Criminal defense attorney in Grand Rapids named Lawrence Felon. <laughs> P-G-L-A-N. Maybe Felon, but definitely Felon. felon. Uh, there's a Walk This Way. Of course there is. Yeah. Of course there's an Aerosmith-themed Asian restaurant. I don't know that's actually themed that, but... Um, there's a Dr. Ray Begay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I found this one. I was in Florida recently helping out with my in-laws, like settling in for the winter. And there's a Clam Pass Park. (laughs) There's also in Naples, Florida, where I was settling my in-laws, there's a restaurant called, it's pronounced Virginia, but it's spelled Virginia. What is happening? 
And it's like the bar at Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? I, mm-hmm. Like the conversation that that restaurateur had to have had with investors, developers, right? like it's Naples fucking Florida. You can't just pop up a little shack right. and serve Italian food out of it and call it Virginia and nobody cares. No. Like how? Right. But, They're like, no, no, it's, it's cool. It's a, it's a mix between a vagina name. and Virginia. <laughs> They're like, oh, that's a great idea. Okay. Uh, it makes my two favorite things. <laughs> Have you ever seen the vaginas in Virginia? I fucking love vagina and I fucking love Virginia. Just let me do what I want. I'm so rich. Okay, sir. Sign here. Welcome to Naples, Florida. Main Street, like the main bustling street of Naples, Florida. We're so happy to have you here. Did you eat there? No, but we walked past it a lot. Should I should have, should have tried it out? I know. Well, and this is their last time going to Naples ever. They're not doing it next year. They're Damn moving it. to fucking Scottsdale, and so this I episode was brought to you by Virginia and the bar at Virginia. Yeah, I'm certainly not going by myself, like of my own accord, to Naples, Florida. That is not. I am not a Naples, Florida girl. <laughs> it's beautiful, but it is wild. Crazy. Man. That is a wild place. If you want to see mega mansions. Go go to go to and then go drive around there and then go to the bar at Virginia and drown your sorrows at what it all means because <laughs> nobody knows. <laughs> and that's it. That's it, you guys. Yeah, we'll do shout outs next week. Fuck yeah, big old um, pile of them. Anything else? Um, Give me your good. My kid was fine. COVID stories, please. Yep. Yep, tell Sadie she's going to be okay, and her whole family is, and my whole family is, because they are. Mm-hmm. But it's always helpful yeah. to hear. Yeah, we especially love those little four-year-olds. Yes, we love you. Thank you for listening. Um, Thank you for being here. Thank you for your emails and your comments and your hot faces. We love your hot faces. We love them. And if you we want to see more of them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at They Will Kill. You can email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. And you can go to our website, theywillkill.com. Yes. Rate, review, subscribe, please. You guys have been. Keep it up. Hooray. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Thank you. Yes. No. Thank momentum you. is a happening because Courtney did a vision board. I swear to God. And, ooh, here's my goal. I would love to have, I really don't want to do ads in our episodes if I can help it. I really, really don't. Yeah. And you guys are so amazingly supportive on Patreon. And I, my goal, I did not put it on my vision board because I just made it, but I think my vision board supports this goal. I would love to have a thousand patron, patrons by the end of the year. Fuck yeah. Totally I think that's entirely doable. possible. So I'm just putting it out there. I'm saying it out loud. And yep. if we can do that, then I, like if we can continue to grow, I would love to have all any financial support come through Patreon and not ads. That's right. As much as possible. That's I can't right. promise you that because this is my future goal is to just do this podcast and my other podcast. But yep, I'm on board. Right? Yes. Manifest that. I you guys will. are amazing. Amazingly supportive. Fuck yes, you are. Uh, AJ Bergans is also amazingly supportive for giving yes, us his amazing music. Thank you for Thank that, you. AJ. Uh, and remember. So the other day I was sitting on the couch and I felt a very sharp pain in my shirt, in my <laughs> chest, between my skin and my shirt. Uh-huh. And fucking panicked uh-huh. that I was getting stung by a bee. Right. And it hurt so much. And like flail, 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 dig, 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 dig. 
I had been eating chips <laughs> and a shard fell down in my boob. In your boob. <laughs> and I, I attacked my own self oh my with my own slobby chip oh shard. Oh no. Just like right in the boob. boob. <laughs> a similar story. Uh, my four-year-old came to me the other day crying because something was poking him in his shirt and I dug it out and it was one of my dog's whiskers. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah, but it was like all just poking him just right and he couldn't get away from it. It was making him panic. <laughs> we are wild people. We are just wild people. We are not civilized. Uh, I'm okay with it. No, we do not belong at Virginia's in Naples, Florida. Pick <laughs> <laughs> us the fuck out. Yeah. Turned away at the door. Too much chips and whiskers in our clothes. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Hey, we love you all so much. We love you so much. Thank you for being here and we will see you really soon. Goodbye. 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 Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.